trying to break for such a time as this. You were meant to be going through this battle. You were meant to be encouraged from this because such a time is this.
Chapman, Lloyd Ushry, Alex Stevens, Larry Minot, Steve and Amanda, Jonathan Dickey and the Dickey family. He's here this morning. Come on. Man, don't tell me what my God can't do. Don't tell me what my God can't do. There's a miracle right back there. Don't tell me. Don't put my God in a little box and say he doesn't do miracles anymore. Because there's one right there. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Drake. Lila. Tammy Welch. And then please continue to pray for the people on the overhead as well. I already spoiled what God gave me, but my goodness, that's what the Spirit of the Lord is. We were able to go to Branson. My goodness, it's a wonderful trip every year. Great fellowship. But we saw the Esther play this year. And so I wasn't, I won't lie, I'll wrap myself out. I wasn't super familiar with the story of Esther. And so after I watched the play, I went back and read almost all of it. And there's this one, there's this one passage, I believe it's Esther 4, 14. And it's Mordecai speaking to Esther. And she's been positioned into the house of the king as his wife now. And she's, she's being mildly doubtful about it. And Mordecai, I believe it's Mordecai that says to her, you know, you're in this position, who knows what for, but such a time is this. And, and it just, it became all so clear to me, I, Sterling, the, the, this reason you're in this spot in life right now, you don't know yet, but such a time is this. The reason the church is getting a little bit of a stirring and a new fire and a new ignition is because such a time is this. And you see, as dark as the world may be getting, there's always going to be a light that is greater than the darkness. So I've come to tell you, with a miracle sitting at the back, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know why you're in your situation that you're in. But such a time is this. 
Your trial that you're going through is going to be a testimony to someone in the future. The fire that you're being melted in is molding you into a new and a better creation. I don't know what you're fighting, but such a time as this, and my God has not failed now, nor will He ever. So at this time, I believe there's going to be a few blessings here today, and if it's not now, it's going to come later in time. I believe it. If you want to step out in faith for one of these names, feel free. Or if you have a need of your own, or if you simply just want to touch the hem of our God's garment again. I urge you to step out in faith and our ministers are going to pray with you and for you. God, (laughs) we don't know why we're in the hell that we're in right now. We don't know why. It doesn't seem like none of our co-workers are seeing the light that we are. We don't know why our family members aren't coming to church that we've prayed for for years. We don't know why we're still battling the same addictions we've been battling for years. We don't know why that we're still in the same bondage, in the same fear, in the same doubt, in the same shame that we've been in. But Lord, we know that such a time is this. We know that you have brought Daniel out of the lion's den. We know you gave David the strength to conquer a giant. So Lord, we come to you in faith today saying such a time is this, Lord. That your will be done in our lives. Your will be done in our world. In your great name we pray. Amen.
our ushers could come, we're going to take our morning tithes and offering. Father, thank you for the spirit in this place. And thank you for the opportunity to not just feel your presence, but God, to be changed by your presence. So I pray that, Lord, we're able to take advantage of what you have for us today. Bless what's given and bless the giver and anoint the word as it's preached and anoint us as a congregation to receive it and to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name.
Until divorce, emancipation of various sorts happens. It is in the need that God will and has raised up varied ministers across our land that are still holding 
fast to the faith that was once delivered to the saints. When Paul, killing Christians, did a 180 and became one, he knew the price. He understood Rome's advantage with physical powers because he himself had punished and destroyed people that were Christians. So he knew what he was getting into. And yet, he said, I count my life but dumb that I may gain the excellency of he who created this heaven and this earth. Went to a graveyard and prior to moving into the graveyard, he said, three days and that's it. Watch, for I am leaving death behind. And I will call you into my wonderful kingdom and give you the advantage of power to conquer death, hell, and the grave. Could we praise him for the opportunity and the door being open? Father, we come with thrills in our heart today. We come with thoughts of praising and obeying you and your word because we know where that trail leads, the other side of the grave, and we are excited about that vision. Now, I want to ask you a question. Jesus constantly used that particular way. Whom do men say that I am? He used a lot of questions to bring thoughts into a place where man would decide for himself and in himself, what am I really living for? What is my real destiny and how am I going to get to it or live in it or create it? So I ask you today not to say it out loud, but to say it to yourself. What is your real vision? When you look in the Bible, vision is just the ability to see distant, close, and how to perform life. So what is your real vision? Because if you can't answer that, what is it every day you get up for? Is it to truly walk in the Spirit? To live in the Word? And to punctuate life with the fruit of the Spirit? And to conquer life with the gifts of the Spirit? Those are things that, that it's just so easy to hide them away in the book of Galatians or the book of Ephesians. And, and, and so there is a ton of stuff that as we narrow down the edge of life, some of us are already 
just a matter of 15 years from exiting this world. Some of you may be closer than you think. You say, Pastor, what, what's all this seriousness about? You. You. I don't need to preach if you're not here. I am not willing to appease the flesh which has happened in almost every what we would call religious institution. The reason that we have so many, 360 at least religious systems, and every one of them's got the answer to go to heaven. Why, when the Bible said a house divided against itself cannot stand. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. What's wrong with the oneness idea? It never says anything but these three agree in one. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And when you know the spiritual word definition, Father just simply means source. If you've got kids, you understand that. If you are a child, you understand that. You didn't get here on your own. There was a source. And it went through the womb of a lady. The church is the mother of us all. Not the many churches, the church. I mean, I, I didn't make straight A's in English, but I can figure out a few things. And I refuse to come to this pulpit and spend your God money, that tithe and your offerings, and offer you nothing but a little thrill. The greatest thrill you could ever have is knowing. And God put it in his word several times over. My people, the ones I'm trying to say, are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Not excitement. Not because they don't have money. Not because they can't get along with their boss. He said the greatest. So ladies and gentlemen, today as we incorporate our life with the word of God, what is the excitement of going to the house of God for you? Is it just to show up or is it to get bread? Is it just to be a member of a local assembly and be accounted worthy by several others that you like to have life with? I promise you that's not going to get you to heaven. The thing that's going to get you to heaven is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The faith that was once delivered to the saints, that faith happened in the book of Action, the book of Acts. So today as we look into the word of God and as we try to hopefully help 
I tried to put in every one of your hands today thoughts from straight from the Word of God, and I hope that you will spend some time with those thoughts. For those of you, do you have a bottle of water over there anywhere?
Please don't say, hurry up and get church over. What is your vision? Hurrying up and getting the preacher out of the way so I can go eat? Did I misunderstand? Do you know what brought this assembly into place? People praying all night. People coming to pray way before church time. And they said, God, we got to have a message tonight. We got to get a delivering spirit tonight. We got to have a Holy Ghost power service tonight. We can't just go through some routine again and call ourselves a religion. We are into salvation. We want to be saved from this and saved into this. The word saved has become such a generic term, you can't get many people to do it to give a true definition of saved. What we have got to do as people that care about marriages, I don't know about you, but it breaks my heart to see marriages coming apart that should never have that kind of problem that go to facilities called the house of God over and over and over and over and they can't have peace that passes understanding, something's wrong with me if that's happening here. The next level is if I am doing right, the problem is in you. We've got to take ownership of our future. And then turn to the one that created and gave us the ownership, the ability to be sovereignly leading our own life to the word of God, to the spirit of God, and to the testimonies. How long has it been since you had a prayer answered? Because I promise you he's not dead. How long are you willing to wait for that prayer to be answered? Because here is the way it happens. You offer the sacrifice of praise. It's not easy to get up and dance and shout and praise God with people watching you. I'm a human enough to know that. But I am godly enough to know that you can't give me everything I need. And I can't give you everything you need. But I can preach to you a Jesus that has met all of my needs. And he is on schedule already for this evening and in the morning. And so I'll be looking for him first thing this evening when I go to bed. And I'll be looking for him tomorrow because he is the Prince of Peace. He is the joy that's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm not willing to live in mediocrity when we've got a country that affords us the privilege of having the kind of worship that projects a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. You've never thought of the glory that you're about to get into. You've never even entertained all the glory. But if you'll step in today to the glory that's right to you, there's another door and there's another door. And 
and there's another door. And I'm going to tell you, that's how you got old and how you got all your money is you took it one day at a time and you kept working and praying and loving and living and glorifying. And all of a sudden, one day you got a bank account and one day you got two cars instead of one. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about abundant spiritual life that no weapon formed against it can prosper. Somebody ought to stand and praise the name that's above every name at the name of Jesus. Let's look at this. Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself. O God of Israel, the Savior. They shall be ashamed and also confounded. When you study the word shame in the Bible, it is lacking, incomplete, and without it's not what the devil likes to make it a shame. I'd be ashamed if I was you. The enemy likes to take God's words and do a twist on them. Shame is when you're not covered by the blood. That's the power that no weapon formed against you can prosper. That the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Shame is not to know what to do. When the situation rises and hell is tearing your family apart. You want to know why I'm here? It's not because I can't make more money somewhere else. God called me to Paris, Texas. I'm here for one reason. And that is to do the will of God, the work of God. And that alone is my motive. You have furnished me a lot of other pleasures that I had no, no realization that would happen and I can't thank you enough for helping my family to have a good life and a good family to have a good, good time in this particular world. But shame on me if I don't do the work that I was really called to do. I can't make one of you go to heaven. I'm not going to try to make you go to heaven. I am going to try to lead you to heaven. If I don't worship, you ought not to worship. But I'm going to try to lead. And I can't thank my family enough. And I haven't ever tried to tell them, you got to do this or you got to do that when it comes to worship. But I've tried to lead them into that. And I am thrilled beyond words to be able to say, I appreciate y'all. You probably don't know. Brother Corbin, would you stand up? He is a fabulous grandson. His college degree and his spiritual nature have combined together. He is the coordinator of student ministries in, what's the name of that college? What? No, I can't, they can't hear you. UT Tyler. 
he actually is coordinating so many people on campus. Brother Corbin, come here, would you? I don't care if you are my grandson. I'm not trying to applaud me because really your dad and them had so much to do with that. Do you realize how many people he's affecting and you are the one that affected him? Is there anybody out there you like? <laughs> Would you mind going and shake hands with a few of the men that, that, that you just, I mean, you can't get to them all, so just don't try to get to them all. I know that you love every one of them. But do you realize your influence is going all the way to Tyler and that it went to Oklahoma? You, you do understand that we're a lot more important than just the group that's here. We are sending living epistles all over this country. We are not going to quit feeding them. We're not going to quit giving them a diet that will give them power, structure, and glory to take to the world. Let me tell you something. Your prayers of praying God save our world is already going places with men like him, with these other young people, with these young people over here, these young married couples that are rising up in this hour and saying, give us the torch, pastor. Give us some fire, pastor. Give us some wisdom, pastor. And give us wisdom, you of great gray-headed men and some of you that's already lost it. Talk to these men and young men and young women about how great it is to get up in the morning and know I am in Jesus Christ a new creation. Old things are passed away and everything's becoming new. Everything is becoming new. You're going to fight that devils you never fought, but everything new is on the already on the chart for God. He's got wisdom for you to conquer every hellish thing that's going on in your world. Don't you let the devil live in your mind and give you doubts and fears and all that junk. You rise up in the name of Jesus, get to the altar and say, Jesus, I reconsecrate my mind. I reconsecrate my hands. I reconsecrate my lifestyle. I'm not walking the little faith that is empty. I'm walking in the faith that's got fullness. Thus saith the Lord, verse 18, that created the next breath you're about to breathe. Those of you that don't believe in God and that God cannot help you, just quit breathing. The next breath, you'll grab it. I promise you, you'll grab it. You may stop for, you know, 45 seconds or 110. Some of you out here are divers, and you can go under and stay under for a while. But I'm not willing to see people languish, live in fear, live in torment. Did I tell you, you don't have to live in discouragement. You are going to be hurt. He showed you that at the cross. Evil men will wax worse and worse. They're going to do everything they can to hurt your feelings. That's why you've got a shield of faith. Faith says, you're not destroying my faith. 
you're not destroying this because faith is going to put me to work the works of God. And the works of God have never, never been overcome by the wicked one. All he could do was crucify the flesh of God, but he couldn't get God out of the picture. And they may shoot you and you may go through a grave. But if you go into that grave baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, and walking in truth, ladies and gentlemen, you have no fear. Because I'm telling you, there's a door on the other side. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am knocking on your door because I am the door. And I will lead you to the depression of life so that you can conquer every day. He told you up front, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But somebody say the rest of the truth. But the Lord delivereth them from them all. That's where the enemy wants us to stop. Oh, my God, I paid my tithes. I went to church. I ran the aisle. I got baptized in the name of Jesus. That's why I've been trying to tell us. The Spirit is power. But the Word of God is the path that you need the power to mobilize you. Because faith without works is dead. That's why you get up in the morning and praise his name. Because faith without works is dead. Because the book tells us clearly. God inhabits. The true translation there is he pitches a tent and dwells where people praise him. So when a house is filled with a father leading the pack, getting up, I cannot tell you how many times my wife's dad with a stiff hip and, and, and a pained headache would walk down the hallway of their home and just praise the name of the Lord. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. I can't tell you what it was like to live with my own dad who had suffered the privation of having a leg cut off, who had suffered the privation of cancer, of diabetic conditions, of all of that. And you could hear him in the other end of the house. I praise that wonderful name of the Lord. I praise the name that's above every name. I praise the name of the one that's coming to get me. I praise the name and I pray that that name live in my children's life I'm telling you that's what our kids are going to have to hear they've got to get a faith that was once delivered to the saints our neighbors have got to hear that more they've got to understand we don't talk about what we believe we believe what we talk about we don't just let it roll out of our mouth we let it get in our hands our feet we let it get in our voice every day I am a child of the king I've got royal blood the name that's above every name I've got power in the Holy Ghost I've got the truth of God that sets men free 
I wish some of you men would stand up and give him the kind of praise. He, he said, shout unto the Lord with the voice of praise. Shout aloud with the voice of praise. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to rise up. Uh, we're not going to live in weakness. Uh, we're not going to live in pathology, pathos. Uh, we are going to rise up. Let's look at verse 19. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain? I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things right. I know some of you dads out there, and y'all know what y'all de declare. I declare you better get that room cleaned up. You better do this. I declare it. That's what he was talking about. I declare things right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together. Brother Lester, is there anybody in this church that sort of helps keep you strong? Would you mind running to it? Her? I mean, no, not a her. Boy, I saw your wife look at me real quick. Would you run over there to somebody? I don't. You got several somebodies I know. Now, let, let me tell you something. I knew he was going to go over there because one of them gets in a right at tight. The other one calls the other one. And I can tell you that more than mechanic work, they have prayed for each other. They have prayed that God's will would be done in this grandchild's life. They have prayed that these children over here, I'm telling you, and they, they, it goes a lot further. I use them because they, they're part of my little more immediate world. I'm here to tell you, don't be skeptical of the prayer of your neighbor, your brother. John, let me tell you something. I can't tell you how great it is, buddy, to see you in that smile today. <laughs> Brother Dickie never had a clue what he was getting into when he first came up here with a little van and and we had a bus out there that didn't have brakes and it rolled down during church and hit his little van. I'd have been him. I'd have been careful about ever coming back here. I was so embarrassed. I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I mean, we, we finally, I don't know, what did we do? I know he got it fixed. I just don't know if we helped him. What I do know is that I love the fire out of this family. Brother Dickie, why don't you stand up and pray a prayer over our city? We're going to follow that prayer. Whatever you pray. city saved, then we got to come together and there's power in this church. There's power in this, this truth that we hold. 
30, 25 years ago, 28 years ago, God brought me into this truth. And it's been hard at times. I've been persecuted at times. But I'll tell you something. This is the truth that's going to get us through. This is the truth that's going to carry us to heaven. I want you to pray with me right now because it's not just me by myself, but let us believe. And if you're tired of your situation, get on your knees and begin to fast and pray and watch and see what God will pour out from heaven because I have witnessed miracles within the last few weeks. And not just me, but my family as we came together and began to believe for miracles in our life. This is what God can do. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, I stand before you, Lord, a man changed and thankful for all that you do for your people. Lord, knowing that you are righteous and holy and good and a God that loves his children. Lord, you allow us sometimes to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but Lord, you never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, we may not always get what we desire and what we want, but Lord, you give us those things that we need. Oh, Father, I pray that this church and this truth will reign out in this community. Oh, Lord, that this revival that stands before us this day will come before other churches and other ministers and other congregations as I have seen you do in past and that men and women in our community will become hungry for truth. Lord, that you will pour out upon us the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we stand before you this day. We plead the blood of the Lamb. We plead it over our children. We plead it over our families. We plead it over our world and our community and our government. Over Israel, Lord, for surely the appointed time is upon us. And we want to be ready, Lord. Oh, God, we want to be filled with your spirit and used by your spirit. Bless us now, oh, God, as we stand before you in this truth. And lead us, oh, God, in the paths of righteousness. For thy name's sake we pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wish we'd take a couple of minutes and pray for every preacher in this city right now that the fire of heaven will fall across this area. Could you just cry out aloud? The Bible said cry aloud. You say, well, that, no, no, no. You, to cry aloud, you got to get it from way down in your heart, your stomach. God, heal our county. Heal our land. Oh, God. Touch every man that is absolutely filling any kind of pulpit. Oh, God, you are able. Oh, God, you want to. It's your desire. It is your practice. It is your purpose. Hallelujah. What is it that your vision calls for first thing in the morning? What is it that your purpose dictates for that vision to become fruitful? Because without a vision, he said, the people perish. They start getting sluggish. They, it's, it's not a fire anymore. It's just a memory of what used to be. The fire is the passion. The fire is the desire. And the Holy Ghost and fire is the creative energy to practice truth in the middle of a jail cell. 
That's where the Apostle Paul spent so much of his time. So many letters. And the one I read gave to you in the writing today, the church at Corinth. And he said explicitly to them, Come out and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Many have tried to do that just with their clothing or maybe with just a, a limited amount of, well, you got to have the Holy Ghost or etc. And we have come to where the enemy wanted us to come to, not just us. This is, this is widespread. We argue more with people about doctrinal truths than to share with them what the truths have done for us. There's not many people I know that can appreciate being told they don't have anything or that what they have is so pitiful Ladies and gentlemen, I will not hold back. There are many people talking in tongues, and I've tried to say it from 1 Corinthians 13. I've said it over and over again the last six months to a year. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, he uses both men and angels. And have not charity, I am nothing. I am a pushover for hell. I am a pushover for discouragement. I am a pushover for faith. Uh, I'm telling you, talking in tongues is one of the most privileged points in the apostolic life. Don't ever think that I denounce. What I see is people talking in tongues across America. And they don't love their neighbor as themselves. Talking in tongues loses its punch when you can talk down about people and instead of going to them in the spirit of fear and meekness. When you go in the spirit of fear and meekness, you don't go mad. You go with tears. Because you've gone to the altar before you get there and you've put your sacrifice there. Brother Jim, I noticed you wearing your hair a quarter of an inch long. I think you could grow it out. If you really work on it, put that hair growth stuff on there. Is this too real for any of you? Some of you could uh, work with Brother Price there for a while. <laughs> or Brother Jackson. I see him looking around for help. <laughs> Folks, what's, have, what's wrong with having great church? Right. That's good. That's good. What's wrong with having something 
spectacular happened that everybody walks out the door saying, I feel like I've been really washed. I feel refreshed. I, I, I just feel like, man, we can do this. I, I, I just know that God is on our side. And if God be for us, who then can be against us? There's something happening in the atmosphere. What is that song? Something in the atmosphere. I can feel something going on. This is the time when I wish I could sing. Let me read just a little bit more of Joshua. Because this is a day of choice for some people. You're making a decision whether to make some changes in your life or not. You're making a decision right now, can I be better? You're making a decision now, can I help somebody more? So that's what God did for you. He looked down and then he wound up coming in flesh. Then he moved into a garden situation and knelt in prayer. And his prayer is a worthy prayer because it's the prayer that we need to be praying. Take this cup from me. It's tough to do what we need to do. Nevertheless. Somebody say it. Nevertheless. What? Not my will. You've got a long, long string of strong-willed people that are going to church houses. And if they don't get their way, they'll change churches. And they'll try to get rid of their former pastor in order to think that if I get another guy, I might have what I need. No, we've got everything we need in that book. We've got everything we need in the heavens of the spirit of prayer. That's why we talk in tongues. We don't talk in tongues because we're Pentecostal. The Bible said, Howbeit in the Spirit we speak mysteries, for the Spirit itself maketh intercession with the Father, are the very source of my needs. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, and it's not with the spirit of fear and the spirit of love, you can forget it. That's not going to happen. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost and your passion and purpose and vision are all clear in your mind, you won't have no doubt about it. He said, I will be there. I will be a river of living water inside of you. I will give you wisdom that the world can't give you. I will give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, all those weird things that try to discourage and create dismay and frustration and all of that junk. I'm here to tell you that the master of life is in this house right now. I'm here to tell you that the glory of the resurrection is in the house. I'm not near through but I'm going to quit pretty quick. I want us to bring a sacrifice of prayer to this altar in a few minutes. I want the musicians to come and sing whatever they feel to sing. I challenge every one of us, including your pastor, 
to become so sensitive about your life. But the book says it this way. If your hand offends you, cut it off. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your foot offends you, cut it off. Now, ladies and gentlemen, God is not interested in you cutting your feet, your hands, or plucking your eyes out. What he is interested in, and that whole perspective is just simply being sensitive enough to know when you're getting in your own way of having what God wants for your life. Because if thine eyes be full of light, it will lead you to those prayer moments and those study times. I'm not trying, I don't, I'm not trying to find out how, how long you've been spending in prayer, but I'm telling you that the length of time is not the critical issue. It's the pouring out of your heart. Because out of the heart is the abundance of life. Go ahead and sing whenever you get ready. Don't ever hesitate. If I teach anything that's wrong, you owe it to me to come talk to me, not somebody else. You owe it to me. I open my heart to you. This is serious stuff. You don't do anything next week that's more serious than having an encounter with God. His Word. His Spirit. This altar's open. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, this would be a great time to get it. Acts 2.38, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 It's early got time to pour some tears out somewhere. If it's got to be at your bench, let's pour our heart out for Paris, Texas, Lamar County. God, we're not going to have just business as usual. We're going to travail over this city. We're going to travail over the people that have backslid.
say